Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to tonight, our last night for the week and for the series Own Your Own Economy. I am here, Dawn Wright Oliveras, your host with co-host Peter Mingles and our fabulous Bob the Tax Guy, Bob Adams. <laughs> welcome to both of you. Thank you, thank you. We are here. We showed up. We're ready to go. Yeah, and we didn't have any red buttons to push today. I am sticking my hands away from the computer. Take your hands away from the keyboard. I figured it out, Don. You know, different programmers use red buttons for different things. Some of them you're supposed to push, and some of them you're not supposed to push. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be on the phone. Uh, okay. All right. Good. That's a good thing. And Bob, we're glad you're here. You do such a great job. Thank you for coming back. And we're gonna, I love this stuff. Bring it yeah. on, man. Bring it yeah. on. We're gonna and and Don, what we're doing is we're basically like punctuating the stuff that we kind of spoke about on Monday, when we when we spoke about having your own thing or your own economy. What we what we spoke about was you know you can make money, but then also it's how much do you get a chance to keep and save, and the misconceptions that a lot of people have about you know running a business, the tax advantages, the things that they're not available of, and I think a pretty good portion of the people that are out there don't do things that are necessary to make sure they keep more of the money so they can go build businesses so they can hire more people and really drive the economy. So this is a never-ending thing that we deal with, and I wanted to have Bob back because we spoke about some of the stuff. We didn't speak about all the fine-tuned things, but also, Bob, hopefully you're going to be able to talk a little bit about what's happening in this year's economic climate as well. Because they're really making up the rules as we speak on the phone right now. <laughs> you know, it's intriguing. The IRS came out with an announcement uh, just two days ago <clears throat> saying they're extending the start of the tax season to January 30th, which is the latest they've ever started. And uh, a lot of people who have depreciable items or certain business credits, they're not even going to do those until the middle of March. And all of this because of the fiscal cliff that we were dealing with, and there were unknown answers to unknown questions. And uh, now we're finally getting to the point where we can get serious about doing tax returns, but it doesn't matter. You can't submit them to the IRS until the end of the month anyway, so here we are, playing the game. <laughs> but but like, this is really, like, really happening. Like a whole country, arguably some people might say one of the better ones, are making up the rules right now as we speak, and they need an extension, Bob. <laughs> At this point, I think 90% of the people in America are going to file an extension this year. Exactly. And But you start to take a look at it, and it's a tricky situation. So it's one of the arguably best countries you know, in the world is kind of still figuring this tax thing out. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there are some people on the phone with far less interest probably haven't figured it out yet either. But is it worth something figuring out? So, Bob, give us a little intro of – uh, you're doing your thing, you're either an employee or for the, so, some of the people listening in, or you could take advantage of the tax strategies that the government has given you for effectively building small, base, small home-based businesses. So give us the warm-up, Bob. Tell us a little All bit right. about you. Tell us a little bit about how you did this stuff, your passion for helping people, and then we'll talk about some really cool stuff. Oh, let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Uh, just a small intro on myself, okay? I've been doing taxes for about 30 years. And I've experienced uh, when the the uh, bank products were available and everybody was rushing in to get their loans and all kinds of different things. And that one time I had 4,000 clients and 35 employees and all kinds of things in that particular arena. But my specialty has always been and continues to be my passion, which is small home-based businesses. And the reason why is because I find that people live, and literally live, in the essence of what they're creating for themselves. Now, when I say that, I know that last time we were on the radio, I talked about all this victimness that people seem to like to buy into because they want to be a follower instead of stepping up and realizing it's their life that they're living. And I, that was just an intro to get things started about why have a home-based business when a greater question really is, why not? Because most people who are listening to this radio show at this point in time are really looking at what are the possibilities. If you weren't here and weren't listening, then you're probably not really interested. But obviously you're here. 
And so obviously we get to share with you some of the things that make all of us, the three of us, very passionate about having your own economy, being accountable for yourself, and creating for yourself. So the difference between having a business and not having a business. Let's have some fun. I touched on this just briefly last time, but you've got to realize that in the world of taxation, if you're a W-2 wage earner, and you're just counting on somebody else to create the job, and you're going to go in and fill that space that needs to be done to make it happen, then they're going to have some certain things that they have to do on your behalf. You're going to be an employee, and they're going to withhold from you payroll taxes. And the payroll taxes are going to pay Social Security and Medicare and your anticipated you know, income taxes that you're going to owe. Now, when you have those things basically taken out, and of course there's an sundry of other benefits oftentimes are taken out of there, but we're not talking about those today. We're just talking about the taxable side of things. When you have all those things taken out of your taxes, you may not realize that when you look at that paycheck and say, well, <clears throat> I made this much money, but I only take this much home, and here, Martha, go do something with this, that you have stepped into one of the highest tax positions in America. When you are a W-2 wage earner, you basically have three deductions, just three. And Congress is even bickering on those, to tell you the truth. But those basic three are your kids and what happens when they go away, education for them or your, for yourself, and your home, your mortgage interest that you deduct on Schedule A, which is also on the table for debate. With just three deductions and having all amount of that amount being taken out of your pay, you may not have thought about it, but you really are the backbone of the supporters of the taxation of this world and this particular economy that we're playing in. When they talk about how devastating it is to the middle income, most people don't realize the reason why the rich are where they are is because of the deductions that they've been able to create, and it's in their realm. And if you begin to realize that people who have their own business, whether into it full-time or part-time, doesn't make any difference, essentially have a start of 157 deductions. Not three, but 157. Now, it's true. On your home, you can write off your, your mortgage interest on your Schedule A along with your charitable contributions and things along that line. But do you realize if you have a business and you're functioning out of your home, that that percentage of the size of the office is also deductible in your business, which reduces the income, the taxable income, from what you earn. And in that interest, you also get to add your insurance, your utilities, your maintenance, repairs, um, even if you don't buy your home, if you're just renting, which you can't do anything on on Schedule A, you can deduct a portion of that rent on your business. Now, how much money does that save you? Most people don't realize when you take a look at it, but the average savings that I see out of people for their average business is about two to $5,000 a year that they get to subtract off in income. And it's, it's been money that was long gone anyway, because you have to pay for those things just to stay alive. So why not make it deductible? Why not make it deductible? So just that one, just that one right there should be enough reason to say, hey, maybe you ought to take a look, because you're already putting the money out anyway. You know, last time we talked, Peter, maybe we talked about throwing the money out the window? Yep. Okay. Essentially, it's the same thing. If you're not thinking about... Go ahead. Let me, let me see if I can get this right. So you're a guy named Bob, yeah. and, you, and you've been doing this for 30 years, and yep. you've had a chance to see lots of trends. Matter of fact, you, you know, for three decades, you've seen a lot of stuff. I have. And you've had your own employees doing this for a real long time, and you have a passion for home-based businesses. And you just said, if you're a W-2 earner, and you really make a shot at trying to maybe make some extra money through a home-based business, whatever your W-2 earnings are that you're already giving away to the government, you can get back anywhere from two to $5,000 on average for your 30 years' experience if you try to pursue a profitable home-based business. 
what I'm sharing is that that is amount of deductible expense mm-hmm. that you'd be able to take against the business. So if now, I was a if I was a regular guy, a regular and I was working Joe, a regular a regular job, I got mm-hmm. kids, mortgage, and medical. Those are the three ones. Yay. I gotta have kids to be able to do it, and their kids are kind of expensive anyway. You know, so these are like, <laughs> they could be pretty expensive. Then I have to have a home, right? So I have to have a home. So if I'm a renter, there's a roof home. over your head somehow. That's right. And then I have to worry about all those things. And then I have to be sick enough to be able to take the deductions because it's not just it, with a regular W-2 person. It's not just that you have medical deductions. You have to be sick so you can take enough of those deductions. So I have to pray for kids. I have to <laughs> I have to buy a home, and I have to be really sick for it to make any measurable difference as a W-2 earner. Okay, we're good. Yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> yes, okay. Now, what's really fun is that when you have a business and you change your health insurance plan, your medical insurance concepts, oriented around the business, everything changes. Now, for example, I've got to hold on, hold on for one second because you're saying i got to go do a business. I'm too busy doing my job, Bob. What kind of a business? Do I have to buy a pizza shop? Do I have to have a retail store? I mean, what kind of a business? Does it have to be something that I work another 40 hours a week, have 27 employees? Or could it even be one of those things, those home-based businesses where I might like be a distributor or an affiliate or something like that? I mean, what are the qualifications that qualify for a Business, because when you say business, I'm thinking about Target, Walmart, the pizza shop, the dressmaker, the UPS store. What kind of a business are you referencing for me to be able to take advantage of these deductions? Wonderful. Okay, well, first of all, in in our previous show, we talked about this, and I, I always believe it's one of the most important elements of any choice that you make if you want to play in a business. The first question I always ask people is, what do you do for fun? What's your passion? Okay? Because you can find your passion in all kinds of things. Let's say you care about your health. Well, can you take that and make it into something that's going to be a business? Well, sure. How many nutrient system systems out there? I mean, how many kind of companies are there selling a juice for that or a juice for that or a pill for this or whatever? You know, how many of them are out there? Could you be enrolled into something like that and feel passionate about it? Okay, that would make it fun. Alrighty, and if you don't have that energetic commitment, then my experience shows that people have a tendency to say, "Yeah." Whereas if you're in it and you love it, you feel it, it almost becomes your mistress, okay? Because that's your passion. It becomes fun. That's number one. Number two, you have to take a look at what does the IRS say you have to have. Do they say you got to be a big store? Heavens, no. Do you have to have a storefront? Heavens, no. Do you have to have employees? Heavens, no. What do you have to do? It's simple. Do you participate in this business venture 45 minutes a day? Five days a week. Or an accumulative total of the same amount of minutes. That's all it takes. That's number one. Number two. Do you have the intention to make a profit? Now, that's always been a questionable area. How do you prove intent with the IRS? And it really isn't that difficult. First of all, in order to show you have an intention, you give the business a name. Now, it doesn't mean you have to go set up a corporation in Nevada. It doesn't mean that at all. You can have Joe Bob Balloon's business for whatever it is, but you give it a name. Okay? Then you give it a, a bank account so that you show that the money coming from and going out is not intermingled with your personal income. I assure you, there is nothing worse in the whole wide world than going to an audit and having the intermingling of all these different funds. So we're Next. not supposed, to, we're not supposed to do what they do with Social Security. They kind of no. like, it was supposed to be a separate fund. They kind of put it in general <laughs> things. So. <laughs> So when I suppose yeah, like, the government, I'm, I'm sorry. I want to make sure we stay on the air. I didn't say that. Can we hit the delete button for just one second? Yeah, please go ahead. Just take that right, right. out of there. Erase that. Dawn, where's that red button? <laughs> yeah, Peter, right. Be quiet. I need, 
that on you right uh, now. Uh, well, <laughs> honest, the, other, Sorry. the other thing that's really important is having a business plan. Now, lots of people say, you know, go to a bank to borrow money. The banks don't look at what you wrote. They weigh the poundage of the paper. All right? But it's not true. I mean, I've seen business plans written up in two paragraphs. They were perfectly acceptable to the IRS. Okay? The business plan can say, I have experience doing this, and this is what I'm going to do. And that's all it takes. That's all it takes. Now, that sounds like it's not terribly difficult, and guess what? It's not. It is simple. The other thing that really makes having a business functional is, remember I told you, if you didn't hear the program last time, I'll mention it again. When you open your doors to be in a business, you are automatically in partnership with the IRS. And like in any partnership, there has to be rules, acknowledgments, and what they do is they show you, okay, these are the items that according to Congress, which has been passed, that are deductible. And these are the items of income that are taxable. All you have to do is comply with that and record it. Now, for some people, that's the scariest part of all. But I have learned that the people who are passionate about their business when they begin to realize how many deductions there are that's available, it kind of triples that cotton-picking enthusiasm for the business because you start thinking like a tax man. Oh, i got to go to Walmart to get something. Great! What do I need for the business? Wow! Let's take the mileage off. Okay? Take both checkbooks down so that way I can, I can pay for the business stuff out of this one. And go from there. You start to think like a businessman. And there's a sundry of different strategies. By the way, the name of my company is Insider Refund Strategies, Inc., or IRS, Inc. <clears throat> my purpose and my goal is teaching people IRS strategies. These are legitimate, honest ways that Congress has put into law that you can use as a small home-based business to save yourself what I have found an average of $10,000 a year in taxes if you're just willing to stand up and play. That's awesome. That's super cool. So I'm sorry about that. I, I think that's just stuff that everybody needs to know about. I, I got to tell you guys, you know, like Peter knows, I'm allergic to spreadsheets. So I'm terrified of Excel. And when it comes right down to it, I have duplicates on my checkbook so I can hand it to somebody and say, you, you manage this. And taxes to me have always just been utterly terrifying. And I, <laughs> I it's just so awesome to have people like you on this planet, Bob. <laughs> I swear to you, I'm very grateful for people like you. So well, you just have to you just have to learn that IRS and GOD are not the same thing. <laughs> and the IRS is run by people. And Bob, I've had enough conversations with lots of people that had things. And if people are doing things the right way, they really never have any problem with the IRS. The IRS has always been very helpful. They've always been very pleasant. If you're documenting stuff, you're filing on time, you're doing things the right way. They're just regular people doing a job. And they're very willing to be able to help point you in all different types of directions. Now, it's convoluted for sure. So you might have to check, even when they say things, you might have to still check some stuff out because it seems like it always moves and changes. But it's not something that people have to be afraid of. So let's go back to this concept of, okay, so I'm a regular W-2 person. When I got started with this learning about this home-based business and taxes thing, Bob, I was a direct salesman. So I was a direct sales manager eventually, and I started to have to, for instance, I'd be training people. And I formed a very bad habit. And the very bad habit was I would pay for everyone's lunch. So when I was making money, that was okay. But I would go and I'd obviously pay for people's lunches, and maybe I bought a notebook for them or bought a cassette series, and I either bought it for myself and gave them away. Then all of a sudden, Bob, I started to take a look at my income, and I said, wait a minute, there's a lot of real deductions here. Like I'm buying them lunches. Does that count? It's kind of like an investment back in my business. I'm buying notebooks for people and pens and paper, and, you know, we maybe need an extra printer for the office. And I started to take a look at that, and I say, wait a minute, I'm really using this stuff for real legitimate business deductions. started putting a lot of mileage on my car. My tires wore out a little bit faster. had to get those um, maybe washed a little bit more frequently. Uh, if I had to go worry about dry cleaning my clothes, right, because I had a uniform, we called it a suit, all these stuff started to come out. And what I, prob- what I found eventually was, you know what, all the money that I'm spending in his investment back in my business, and as the W-2 earner portion of me was there, I was getting a lot of money back. 
as a result of the legitimate business that I was building. And as a result of, here's the way I learned it. Now, you can correct what I say because I know I'm going to say it the wrong way. So for everyone that's listening in, just take the essence of what I'm going to say next. My manager who told me said, Peter, the government has set up the tax laws so they help fund your business until it becomes profitable and then you pay taxes on the profits. I know technically speaking that's probably not 100% accurate, but really the tax laws were set up so the government can give you a hand doing all those things I said a little bit earlier, buying the lunches, buying the notebooks, buying the printers, buying all that sort of stuff, running over to Walmart, doing those things. So eventually you could make a profitable business and then you're going to pay profit or you're going to pay taxes on the profit. Now, I know that, like I said, that may not be technically correct, but I got it. When my manager said that to me, I said, now that makes sense. So I'll be in a business, and eventually if I could make extra money, then I'm going to pay the taxes on the profits. But in the process of doing that, I'm doing a lot of this stuff anyway. I have to eat too. I have to use that printer too. I have to live in this house too. You mean a portion of that stuff I could use for legitimate tax deductions to help fund my business? So in essence, Bob, clean up whatever I just said. But say it the way I would say it, because I know you won't. So let me use the words. If someone can, they're probably crazy if they're not pursuing a profitable business. So, well, first of all, the IRS and their differentiation between a hobby and a business, which we just discussed a moment ago, are very clear. Now, the other thing, and quite frankly, you stated it perfectly. Because if you take a look at big corporations... Okay, you think there's not time when they have to put a whole bunch of money out and go borrow money from the bank because they put a whole bunch into R&D or something along that line, and they have a not profitable year? And how many years do they do that, not profitable years? Now, I know of a farmer in particular, 17 years of losses on his tax returns. The IRS went after him and said, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. They went to court, and he won because everything he was doing was legitimate. His expenses were legitimate. Everything was legitimate. So when people step up and they say, well, what about if I don't show a profit within X number of years? Well, here's my answer to that. The IRS says, okay, they would like you to see a profit three out of five. Does that mean it's absolute? No. So your first year, if you're stepping up and saying, okay, I'm going to go create a business, and I'm going to have, of course, some expenses associated to it, and, of course, my income's not going to just jump day one to cover everything. So is it possible to have a loss on your business? Well, yeah. And is that a bad thing? Uh, no. Because what you put out, which we're able to write off, will go against any other income that you brought in. So let's say you do have a job. Now, let's say that job's paying you as a, as a number 50000 a year, all right? And that 50000 is being taxed at X number percentage, depending upon, you know, whether you're married, got kids, all that kind of stuff before we go into that part of it. But if you're able to reduce that and say, okay, well, I spent $10,000 on my business. Well, how did you do your business? Well, let's see, I hired my kids to do this, which essentially what you did is you paid them to do work that needed to be done, but instead of just giving them money so they can go blow it, they earn it, they become accountable for it, you get to write it off on your business, well, gee, you're giving the money to them anyway, why not let them earn it? And why not write it off? Just like I spoke earlier about having your home, working out of it, or like Peter touched on last time, which was wonderful, about how you know the car. If you take a look at just the, the ordinary things that you do with your car that has to do with your business, you will be amazed at what keeping a mileage log will teach you. Just how many times do you begin to reorient your thinking to say, well, I should make this a deductible trip? Now, sometime, another future call, we're going to have a conversation about travel. And I could talk for an hour about travel deductions because it is huge and it's immense and there's things you can do that could involve your family to pay a portion of it and all kinds of things. And it's just a matter of learning to play the game. So back to the original question here. 
what I said earlier, when people ask me why would I have a home based business it's like I would say it, not like you would say, it. you're too polished in return. You're too polished and you're too nice and you're too positive. Say it the way I would say it, Bob. Just okay, you guys, you're nuts if you don't have a home based business. How's that, Peter? Is that that on the on the queue there for you? There you go. All right. <laughs> well, they are. One of the things about having a conversation with Peter that's always enjoyable because he is so emphatic, you know, and passionate about people. It's your freaking money. It's not theirs. Right. That's right. And, You're nuts. And so I let's agree. Use, let's, let's use a real, real example. I have, say, for instance, a sister over in Tallahassee. I have a brother over in New York. And if <clears throat> if I were going to go visit them anyway, um, mm-hmm. maybe I might be able to go talk. What are we going to talk about? We talk about kids. We talk about family. We talk about business. And okay. <clears throat> what if what if I have a, a nice product or service and it's either weight loss or it's a car polish or it's a uh, tax product or it's a long-distance service and we're talking about being entrepreneurs because conversations always revolve around kids and money and whatever and I go out there and I talk to my sister can I recruit that uh, can, can I recruit can I reduce my taxable expenses by the mileage okay now that's that's a wonderful question but here's how the IRS looks at it they do it on a percentage how much of the time that you were there was involved in business versus personal. Okay? That's what they look at. If your trip is making up at least 50% or more, preferably more, the purpose of the trip is business-related, then there's a wide door for us to play with. If it's less than that, you can still take a percentage, but it's going to be much smaller. So what I do when I travel, and I'm looking at doing this type of stuff, I like to create a business meeting. Okay? Hey, sis, I'm coming to see you. Now, I've got this wonderful product you already know about. It. You hear me talk about it all the time. Who can I talk to out there? And then put together a little meeting at her house. And what's really cool, this is really cool, let's say you're going there and you're going to have a meeting and you're going to provide refreshments. Ordinarily, when you take people out to eat, all right, you only get to you only get to deduct fifty percent. If you have a meeting like that and you provide treats, meal type stuff, it's a hundred percent deductible. A whole other game. You got to realize there's lots of rules in playing this game, and every one of them are to our benefit. It's just a matter of learning that they are there and using them. So let's talk about the mileage for a second, because that's probably one of the bigger ones that most people really never pay attention to. I, and I know the changes every year, but what's the business mileage? Like it might be 300 miles between me and her. Um, okay. How much can I, like say for instance, if 100% was it going to be? Because I was going to do it the right way, Bob. I'm going to set up, maybe I, maybe I know some other people in that area. Maybe I want to meet with uh, the small. Maybe I want to meet with the business, uh, the chamber of commerce in that area. Maybe I want to help her out. So I make a business meeting. I go out there and I see the guy who runs the chamber of commerce on a Friday. I'm going to kind of hang out with my sister on Saturday, and I'm going to take the guy to Denny's. So, so I'm going to go. Can I do that? And is are is or are those legitimate expenses? And by yes. the way. We're not doing this all for fluff. I'm going to talk to the business guy. We're going to set up some strategies. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, wear the right clothing. I'm going to eat the food that we're doing. We're going to be bonding and relating, and we might be doing business for the next hundred years. So, how much could that trip really be worth it to me if I was going okay. to visit my sister anyway? Let's have some fun. Okay. One more time. My, the name of my business is Insider Refund Strategies. Okay. So let's say that you go out there. And you say, sis, I'm coming out. I'm going to be there Friday morning. I'm going to meet with this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. i got to be there for the whole weekend because I'm going to meet with somebody else on Monday with this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. What's the purpose of the trip? Is to meet with this guy, this guy, this guy, and that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy. Is it a 100% business trip? Well, yeah. You're there for the weekend because that's the times you're going to meet. Can you spend the weekend with your sister and enjoy it? Absolutely. Is the trip 100% deductible? Yes, it is. So it's fifty somewhat cents per mile. Fifty five. Right? And it's three hundred miles one way and three hundred mm-hmm. miles another way. And I guess I gotta grab mm-hmm. my calculator. So hold on one second. So fifty you know, whatever, like six hundred. How about three hundred and thirty dollars? So if I had a regular job, I would be able to write off that whatever you just said number as mm-hmm. just the gas. 
Mm-hmm. No, that's just the travel expenses. Right, just the travel. That's the travel expenses. Now, you got to remember, we talked about this last time too. That's what you would have, and that was supposed to cover your gas and your insurance and your maintenance, which would include your tires and that, and, and that kind of stuff. But it does not include interest. So let's say you have a car, you're paying X number of dollars a month for it. A certain portion of that is interest payments. Sure. Now what you do is you figure out at the end of the year, I had 20,000 miles. Of that, 10,000 was business. My interest on the car was uh, $1,200 this year. Well, half of that would go on Schedule C as a write-off as interest which ordinarily you don't even think about. And what about food? Aha, uh-huh. and what about food? Now, one of the things when I get to teach is always fun. When people talk about travel expenses, I always tell them that it's based upon sleeping in a strange bed. Now, I didn't say stranger's bed. I said strange bed. Okay, so... <laughs> When you travel and you have overnight this expenses. This is an adult show, Bob. You can just kind of. Thank you. I, I can talk to them. All righty. <laughs> when you go somewhere and you spend the night, then that opens the door for your meal and travel expenses. All right. Now, let's say, for example, you took off one morning and you went somewhere and you visited with people. And if you bought them lunch, then that's fine. You would have a deductible on that lunch. But if you went by yourself, and you just bought yourself a lunch, you took yourself a lunch, it's not deductible. Because you'd have to eat anyway. you have to eat anyway. But if you're involved with somebody... Now, here's another secret to playing the game, guys. Document, 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 document. Now, remember when, when they came out with um, <clears throat> the Franklins, Okay. Everybody runs around with their Franklin in their hand and their document, document. Well, right now we've got more electronic gadgetry to be able to track all this stuff than you can shake a stick at. Okay? But the key thing is to be able to document. Now, there's a ton of programs that are out there to make it so that while you're traveling, walking, doing things, it's actually recording things for you. You mean scan receipts. You can, you know, GPS is built into the system. There's software that you hit the button and say, okay, I'm traveling now. It records the whole mileage for the trip. I mean, there is a lot of things that are out there to assist you in this new technological world that we live in to make it so you have a 100% good, honest records that the IRS cannot argue with. And so all you have to do is just learn... What's deductible? What's deductible? So one of the key things that I've learned is teaching people. And as you watch them, which is this is the funnest part about teaching seminars, when you watch them, you see the lights come on, bing, 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 because they begin to see, oh, I could have deducted that. Oh, I could have deducted this. And this is how come I love doing three-year reviews. Now, for a three-year review, folks, just in case you didn't know what this is, you can send in your tax returns from the past three years and have it looked at for free. And the purpose of that is to see what did you take or what didn't you take and what strategies have you been implementing or not implementing and what do we have that was a missed deduction. Now, what's intriguing is that about 70% of the tax returns I look at, I will find errors. And usually those errors will average $2,000 a year in additional refunds that people didn't know they had coming. And it's simply because I know how to play the game. And I like teaching people how to play the game. There's nothing more exciting when I get down to somebody's tax returns and they say, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this. Yay! (laughs) So we're all together on the same page and we're playing the game. And when you play the game, guys, it's a win, win, win. It's a three-way win. It's a win because you become an accountable citizen and you're working with the IRS. They can't argue. It's a win for you because you just maximize those deductions, reduce your taxes, probably help your kids realize the the wonderful thing about being self-employed, and you helped me as your tax preparer because I can look at it and say, legitimately, yes, we did it. We have good records. Here we are. We're bulletproof. Let's go. 
There. I, I think that's the most important thing is the the comment about being bulletproof. You know, when when I first started to hear about this kind of stuff, I was a little worried when I would hear play the game, and it's like the last thing I want to do is get audited. Um, and mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people do feel that that trepidation and that fear about well, what if I do it wrong? And you know, and and well, wouldn't my tax preparer you know tell me? And so, what kind of um, you know what what's out there to make sure that that people who do feel a little nervous about this you know what can they lean on so that they know that they know that they're doing it the right way well that that offer I just put out there for the three year review mm-hmm. that is free to anybody and everybody whether i whether I help you with your taxes or don't and it's oftentimes when I'm doing a tax return like that or reviewing it, I'll say, "Dang, somebody did a good job for you. Stick with this guy <laughs> obviously he knows what he's doing." Okay, but there's lots of times I look at a tax return and I say, huh? You know, and I look at the kids' ages and I look at the, the business type and I look at where it's being, you know, hosted and housed from. And then why didn't you do this, 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 this? Now, obviously, you had to write checks to pay for these different things, whether it was the, the interest on the house or the utilities or the interest. Like do you have those records? Well, of course I do. Well, then let's go put it in. Now, the other thing that I'm going to say, and I, I don't want you falling out of your chair, okay, Don? Okay. I made this really cool <laughs> spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Actually, Peter's been able to play with it, and I, I give it to all my clients. For, simplest and, and thing we, I've ever seen. The simplest Actually, thing I've ever seen. I have to tell you, my assistant, Wanda, she said, I listened to your show the other night, and I went and looked at that thing. We need to get that thing. I, I'm using something completely, <laughs> and we need to. And I said, okay, nice. <laughs> you got Wanda up out of her chair doing the happy dance. <laughs> well, the happy dance about it is that it looks like software, but it's really only a bunch of worksheets. And I've made it just as simple as I can. When I started showing it to people, I had this guy that's been doing home-based businesses and, and you know MLMs for 30 years. And he's the one that came up with that phrase, the simplicity is mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I had to have. I have to have it simple. So, I've learned so it, doesn't, it doesn't come with a paper bag that you have to hyperventilate in before you start using it? <laughs> No, like no, for shipping. You get a brown paper. No, <laughs> no, no, no. You know, Ed, the, the primary thing about this particular little little package that we wrote is, if I take a look at the three biggest tax deductions that are available for businesses, it's hiring the kid, business use of the home, and medical expenses. Okay, now that is the basic things, and just those three things. If you use just those three things, okay, you're looking at ten thousand dollars a year. In savings and taxes. Now, that's more money you'd make working on a part-time job. And if you worked a part-time job, they would tax you and probably take you up on, on the tax rate. So why not do something you love, and why not take something that's as simple as this little program? Now, this, this program, I, I committed quite a bit into teaching people what's deductible. So one page has got 100 deductions on it. And on those deductions, you put the cursor over it, and it pops up, and it says, and this is what this is, and this is where you put it. Okay? Then you go from there, and you can go actually into the record-keeping system, which is just a ledger sheet. It's pretty dang simple, okay, for each month. And then I made all those interface together. And there's different so that colors, you, And there's different I colors. I love the colors. <laughs> My wife thought I was nuts, but I love the colors. So. <laughs> but when you put the information in for each month, as you go from one month to the next to the next to the next, it gives you a running record. Okay, so so far this year in advertising, you spent this much. It doesn't matter what month you're in; it's going to give you the total that you spent in advertising for the whole year. And then the end of the year report is just simple. You just you can send it to me as an email. I'll take it from there. You can print it out. You can use it, whatever you want with it. But the other thing I did that was most critical of all is I linked between your expense categories, so your ledger sheet when you go in to put in your expenses, to the mileage. So if you did go to Walmart and you bought paper, you can make one click, and it takes you right to the mileage record. And right there you put in the date, where you went, the purpose of, and how many miles. And then click, and you go right back to the same place you were at before. That makes it simple. It's simple. All right? And do the same thing with the medical side, so you have a record-keeping for that. So 
the, the whole idea and the record keeping for the kids is amazing. When it comes to doing payroll on the kids, I gave you a place where you can have three different children. You know, you can put the date, what did they do, and how much did you pay them. All right, because when you get down to the end of the year, we're supposed to issue a W-2 to those kids. The cool part about hiring your kids between the ages of 7 and 24, you don't have to do any withholding. All you have to do is report one time in the year a record to the IRS saying, I paid this much money to these kids. And the kids have that for the W-2s, and there's no withholdings on it. As long as they don't make over the taxable amount that most people single have, which is around $5,800 along that line, then what you get is a $5,800 write-off, and they are zero taxable. And the only thing you have to do is have a record. Just keep a record. What do they do? Simple. It's all built in there. When it gets all done, it runs a report for me. I can actually do the whole W-2s and everything off of it. With the technology today, um, realistically speaking, a lot of people can do stuff themselves. And if you were to say to me, Peter, what do I have to do to do a W-2? I don't have to go hire an accountant to do a W-2. I might be saying things the wrong way, but I know I could run down to Staples, you know, the local Mm -hmm. uh, office supply Mm -hmm. store. And they sell software for anywhere from 30 to 60 bucks that I could actually, with the paper and the envelopes and the summary reports, and for 50 or 60 or 70 bucks, I can have every, all the documentation that I need to write my own 1099s or W-2s. So right. it's not like I have to go to a major accountant and spend $1,000 to get this stuff done. You, you could be a, no. Can you be a do-it-yourselfer as long as you have a computer and a printer? Pretty much so. And it's pretty much self-explanatory. Okay, it's not that difficult. And the cool part is you don't have to do quarterly reports when it's your children like this. You only do one annual report, and that's it. So that's all. As far as being an effective parent, they're working for the wages that they get. You have to buy the books or whatever. What they could use that for the books for school, the summer camps, whatever else they're going to do. So you're going to spend money on your children anyway. You're teaching them what it's like to run a legitimate business, which is some of the lifelong habits of how to manage money that, like most parents, never get a chance to do because they don't have really the environment to do it in. Uh, they're reducing their taxable income uh, against their W-2s. Bob, I think somebody's nuts if they don't do something relative to running a home-based business, if they can. If you're not the kind of person, if you just like Peter, all this stuff is still over my head, and I never want to do anything like this, and I really just like working at the donut factory, and I really just like this, this is my life, and this is the way I want to be, then that's totally, absolutely okay. But if you're that entrepreneur and saying, I want to be able to maximize my helping of my kids, by you know minimizing my tax rates, uh, investing into building a business, helping myself, helping a lot of other people, how much does your program cost? Like, I'm expecting something like, oh, my gosh, for this college education he's going to give me, the spreadsheets, all these calculations, all of these things. Like, how much is this going to cost me, Bob? Okay. All right. And I, people, Peter's told me many times I underpriced it, but I don't care. It's 20 bucks. Uh-uh. It's 20 bucks. It's not 19.95 plus shipping. Okay. It's not forty nine ninety five. That's right. I had people say, Bob, it should be forty nine ninety five. Okay, I know it's worth forty nine ninety five, but that's not what I'm after. I'm after getting people to realize I'm giving you the tools. Now whether you choose to use the tools is entirely up to you. But if you will use what's in that twenty dollar package, just Open it up and just use it. I mean, the links I gave you to the IRS and all kinds of different places to teach you about having a home-based business is worth it all by itself, let alone the accounting system and the printable documents. I mean, you can print out mileage, travel logs, all kinds of things that you can use. If you just use it, you will be bulletproof. The IRS cannot touch you. Now, I've been through hundreds of audits. Hundreds of audits, and it always boils down to the same thing, document, 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 document. And when you walk into an audit and you have everything prepared, here's the whole thing by month, by everything. Here it is, here it is. I have found oftentimes the auditors will say, well, then it looks really good. Let's go take a look at advertising for March. So they go through March, and they say the records are exact. I have the receipts. Here's the expenses. It's all there. And they'll say, okay, one more for this month over here. There it is. Okay, we're done. Okay, they don't need any more. They don't need any more. 
because you've proven you have accurate records. And it just makes it bulletproof, guys. It just makes it bulletproof. So for 20 bucks, they get your program that they could use for their tax deductions. Um, mm-hmm. You will go back and help refile after they do whatever paperwork they do with you for the last three years to see if you could mm-hmm. find something else. Mm-hmm. Um, when they do it the right way, they don't have to worry about doing it the wrong way. And if you form the habits early on, especially that's why it's so important in January right now, if you take those business receipts and you document them with, you know, the six honest serving men, the who, what, where, why, when, when, whatever, if you document all that stuff, which takes about 30 seconds or a minute or two, and then you can just enter it into your little program when you form the habits of proper documentation and you do it in teeny-weeny bite-sized pieces, that software can save you a ton of money as you're effectively building your business so you can help generate the economy. So you can buy an extra printer, buy an extra computer, hire your kids, do all those really cool things, and that's what it was designed for, Bob. Right? Exactly. That's what it was designed for. Even if it is a spreadsheet, Don. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it. I've heard it's fantastic. I'll give it a, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> One of the things that, that I want to, sh- to share on there, too, okay? One of the other items that most, well, one of the things that Peter showed me, and I already knew it, but I'm grateful that he stepped up and shared it. One of the biggest problems that we run into most commonly is that people don't know who to talk to. And I built into the system a link so that you can click on it and you're going to see me. You're going to have my phone number. You're going to have my email. You're going to have my fax number. You can call me during business hours and ask me a question. Just ask me a question, and I'll be glad to help you with it, more than delighted to help you with it, okay, to get you started down the path of, wow, life can be cool. You know, something in taxes, instead of being that ugly demon that sits out there in the dark and spits fire at you because you're afraid of it because you don't know what it is, in reality is a candle and a light and a hope that, wow, I can be self-sufficient. Wow, I do have an ability to make an income on my own without having to rely on the economy or anybody else. I can do it myself. And that is what I'm after. And, Bob, let's talk about, like, what's happening right now. I know that, um, you know, in 2013, some things have changed. And I know the government is trying to figure out, because of a slowing down economy, they have to figure out where to get the money to be able to pay for the funds that they have and the programs that are out there. And what just happened in 2013, not being negative, just kind of like stating the facts, what happened in 2013? Well, first of all, there was the, when they talk about the fiscal cliff, the thing they were talking about is the Bush-era tax cuts were coming to an end and the implementation of Obamacare. Okay, And inside Obamacare, there was an asundry of different types of taxes that were hidden, or I can't say specifically hidden, but most people won't see them up front, all right? which are now going to start to make themselves manifest. The first thing is when you see your new paycheck for this month, you're going to see that 2% more of your money is gone. And that is because of the increase in payroll taxes that were implemented. Now, those had been stayed, stopped for two years, but now they're in play. There's nothing to do about it. There's also an excise tax that was enacted in this thing with medical equipment. So if you go into Walmart or any other pharmacy or any place else where you have to buy a specific piece of, of medical equipment, there is a 3% extra charge you're going to see tacked on to the sales tax on your receipt. Okay? Now, you're also going to find, not this year, but in the upcoming year shortly, that if you do not have health insurance of some kind, they're going to impose a tax penalty on you. Now, it's interesting because this went all the way to the Supreme Court because everybody was saying, you can't do that, you can't do that. Well, yes, you can. You can do that, and they are going to implement that because they're pushing real heavily to get some kind of a, I'm going to say, socialized system put together. Now, how about those of us who are in the middle income bracket? All right? 
it didn't have a huge effect on most. You're going to see some changes that's going to have an effect on people. Well, it's interesting. I saw an interesting chart the other day where people who make ten to twenty thousand dollars are actually going to see a more adverse effect than those who make twenty to thirty thousand, and that's because of the payroll taxes. Those who make forty, fifty thousand, all the way up to probably a hundred thousand aren't going to see a huge amount of effect. When you hit the two hundred thousand mark, the game changes. You start losing deductions. Things that in the past you've been able to take, like interest on education or uh, some of your medical or some of your deductibility for children, those start to disappear okay, and go away. Rental income, if you own rental properties, not as a main income but as something else, those disappear. You can't take any losses on them. Um, a variety of types of things. And then those who make 400000 if they're single, four fifty if you're married – are looking at instead of a 35% tax rate, it's going to go to 39.6. Now, there was also a change in capital gains. Okay, It went from 15% to 20% for long-term gains, which is a, a big improvement, but it's only applicable to those who are over a certain income level. So for the most part, people who are in the middle income range, which is mostly the people that we're talking to on this, this radio show, it hasn't had a huge amount of effect. You will see a change. But you will also see a change in the future as Obamacare begins to extend itself out in its full blooming glory. Um, you're going to see changes. You're going to see changes. You're going to see employers who are being forced to include uh, health insurance, and you're probably going to see it come out of your paycheck. You know, I, I, I just have to chime in here, Bob. <laughs> my best friend my best friend Bonnie, right? She owns she owns a couple of salons in Connecticut. And she looked at me the other day and said, They're killing us. They're killing mm-hmm. all small businesses and they're just absolutely putting a gun to our heads because we're who are hiring and employing the, the main population of the United States and they're making it so we can't afford to hire anybody. She said, Do you know that they created a special tax. They called it special tax. And I had to pay 14000 extra dollars in special tax. She's like, "What? why am I so special? Why did I have to create, why did I have to pay this special tax? What is a special tax and why am I special? That's what I want to know. And I, I got to tell you, it's just unbelievable what what's happening to people right now. Um, it's just, you know, and then there's, of course, you know, my one of my other best friends is a, is a pediatric critical care nurse. And um, she's had to work more hours to be able to put her kids through school. And the more hours that she works pushes her out of any benefits she could have. And so the harder that she's worked, the harder she's had to work because the least amount of the less benefits she got and the less deductions she got. And it seems to me that we're in a situation, and this might not be the right platform and the right moment for this, but it just seems to me like we're we're just the the people who work hard only have to work harder. They they get less write offs. They get le- they get less support from this government, and and it just seems that it's going in the wrong direction somehow. You know, so I, to argue that would be silly, okay? <laughs> Is there movement that's happening? Yes. But let's remember, I mean, all of us on this phone call, well, the three of us anyway, are old <laughs> enough to remember what it was like when under Jimmy Carter. Yeah. And then what was it like when Reagan stepped in? And what was it like to see those rates fall? And what was it like that, that spurred America and brought us out of the economic woes that we were experiencing at the time? You've got to realize it's a pendulum. It's a pendulum. And it swings back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And it's true. Right now we see an increase in taxes. But take a look at the debt load that we're carrying. You know, we've already sold out our children and mm-hmm. possibly our grandchildren with the amount of debt that our country has incurred. And without some massive something somewhere along the line, like changes in the in the thinking, the philosophical expressions of, of Congress, um, we're going to end up in a, in, a, in a big mess. I mean, there's no doubt we're already in a big mess. I mean, a bigger mess than what we have now. But my personal experiences and my beliefs are, and this is why I like my work, people 
when they see an injustice, when they see something that is not right, okay, we do have the ability, even though it's a little bit corrupted, we still have the ability to have a sway so things can change. So things can change. Sometimes it takes something dramatic like, oh, new gun laws in order to make something else happen or, you know, the huge amount of tax increases before the rest of the world says, wow, that's not working, <laughs> and it swings back the other way. Okay? So my invitation is this. It's true. We're caught in the realm right now of a pendulum swing that's gone to the left. Is it going to stay there? I don't think so. I think that the entrepreneurial true heart of American citizens will stand up and say no. That's not what this country was made on. And that's, that's right. not why I'm here. Well, if you ask me, Bob, here's the way I envision <clears throat> I, I look at these things as being like tools. All the things we spoke about. Uh, somebody put a hammer on the table. Somebody put a, a saw on the table. Put, somebody put a screwdriver on the table. And then they said, gosh darn it, I put them on the table for you to use it. Go build something. Go build something. That's why it's here. And I look at all the tax advantages that the home-based business people have as those tools. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting here on the phone and you're listening to these things and you're hearing about all these other challenges, rise to the occasion, grab the hammer, grab the screwdriver, let's grab the saw and rebuild this thing. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's a true advantage to have a home-based business versus going out there and putting a shop up and having to hire a bunch of people in comparison, and that's like I, I had a big talk with my friend Bonnie and said, well, I've only told you about MLM for the past 25 years. Maybe it's time you take a look at it. <laughs> you know, you know I, I, when I pared my business down, I told you before I had 35 employees and 4,000 clients, okay, and it just got to be overwhelming, and I finally mm -hmm. sold that and said, okay, I'm not going to do this ever again. No, I'm done with taxes. I'm going to go do something else. And then I got calls from clients saying, please, 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 please. Okay, okay, all right. So I'll play with you. All right? So what I did is I created a tax system, okay, where I can do taxes and nobody has to come see me. I'm working here out of the house with great write-offs, by the way. <laughs> all right? And I'm handling people at a timely, you know, wonderful, quick turnaround time system. And I've been able to build, you know automated things within my functionary work every day so that it's very fast, it's very efficient, and it works. And I'm able to provide services to people with no employees. Beautiful. I can do it. Okay? And the reason why is because I have all these opportunities that's been given me, okay, by the IRS, believe it or not, to be able to write off things. And it served us immensely. And so just take a look. What is the possibilities? What are the possibilities? You know, I ended on that note last time, and I know we're getting to the end of our time here, guys, but just take a look at the possibilities. You know, I love two, two words, what if, and what if. And one more thing is, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong about my thinking and my sense of security, my sense of fear, and what if I really could have what I want? And that really is the basis of our whole phone calls, guys. This is it. You have the opportunity. The tools are being given to you. They're being given to you to accomplish and do what it is that you have in your heart of hearts that you want to accomplish. And why don't you do them? That's right. There. I'm coming off my soapbox. Your turn. <laughs> no, I mean, what else is there really? Why aren't you doing it? And I think that's what we've been we've been harping on all week. You know, we're we're going to get a little bit more next week into why do it, okay? Um and and we're we're going to stick with that and uh you know, building your own utopia, creating the map and uh and figuring out where you're at and where you want to be and, and how to get there. So we're going to do a little bit on that next week. Bob, you've been just such an awesome guest. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> I just enjoy the opportunity just to stand up and, and shout out to the world. Well, good, because we're going to definitely you give you the opportunity to do a lot more of it through this venue for <laughs> sure. Right, Peter? Absolutely. 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 
Bob, just one more time. Just tell them they're nuts. <laughs> just <one more> time. <laughs> okay, sure in the voice of Peter, in the voice of Peter, you're nuts! <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> That's right. Make sure you guys go ahead and click follow, and we will be here next Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make sure that you bring your friends and join us, and uh, we will see you then. Thank you so much for both of you. You're appreciated. Have a great evening. Bye, guys. Good night. Bye.